Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Welcome to episode 59 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. We're releasing this one a little bit early because we're going to be talking about an upcoming meteor shower. Uh, I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of a training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena, like meteor showers, and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, known as the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can give us as little as a dollar a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you get early access to the podcast. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. And you can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash observersnotebook. If you'd like to join the ALPO, you can for as little as $18 a year. For more information, go to the website at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy up there in that search field. And also the podcast has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, please, please, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the Observer's Notebook. And now, listen All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook Podcast. And yes, it's that time of year again. It's a meteor shower. And if it's a meteor shower, I must be talking to Bob Lunsford. Welcome back to the podcast, Bob. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, and today we're talking about the quadradnids, right? You bet. The quadranids uh, from the old constellation of Muriel's Quadrant. That doesn't exist anymore. Wonderful. <laughs> but the meteor shower still lives on. The meteor shower lives on. That is correct. Now, this one's active uh, starting around the new year and goes to about the 10th. Oh, so but we have a little bit of time on this one. We have a little bit of time, right. Uh, it's worth only watching on the peak morning, though, which happens to be January 4th, which is a Friday morning, 2019. And we go through a real thick swarm of particles, and we pass right through it only in, in about six hours. Oh, my. So it's, uh, it's kind of a tough one to, to, to see. But if you're in the right place at the right time, it's a heck of a good show. I have uh, witnessed over 100 quadrants an hour oh. on, on one, one occasion. <laughs> I was very lucky. Uh, there was another occasion over North America where it peaked, but uh, unfortunately, it was so windy, <laughs> uh, I, I just, just couldn't make it. So um, yeah, It's going to be a chilly Friday morning for most people, I'm sure. Y you betcha, but let's hope it's clear. Yeah, now, what, what are the brightness of these meteors? You know what? They 
can produce fireballs, but most of them are going to be faint. Uh, so if you have if you have a good st- sky, you have a you have a good chance of seeing. Oh, I'd say a meteor every every other minute, uh, which is you know thirty an hour. Uh, unfortunately, to, in 2019, the peak is predicted for two hours universal time on uh, January 4. That relates to six o'clock Pacific time, and I guess that's nine o'clock Eastern time. Oh. Unfor- unfortunately, at that time, the radiant, which is where the meteors shoot from, lies right on the northern horizon. So we saw we were going to see a real, real small per- percentage. Uh, the best place to be for this will be Europe. Uh, two in the morning, the radiant will be nice and high in their northeastern sky, and there will not be a moon this year since it's new on the sixth. Oh, fantastic! So uh, they have a ringside seat. So if their weather's clear, they should get a pretty darn good show. That's great. Now, what's the parent body for this meteor shower? The parent body, it's part of the uh, P. Mockles 96. Uh, really? And it, yeah, it's, you know, there's all kinds of particles from, from that comet. Wow. And, and there is an asteroid uh, from that. And the, the name, uh, here we go, 2003EH. There's an asteroid that is r- related to Comet Mockles that has the precise orbit of the quadrant. So, it is the parent body, but it, they're all related to Mockles. And there's a lot of streams related to Mockles. We should rename the Meteor Shower Mockles. Yeah, Don would like that. I, I'm he? sure. Well, I just had him on the podcast. I'm sure he would not argue one bit about that. <laughs> well, it has the potential of being the best one of the year if you catch it uh, high in the sky, you know, around 5 a.m. And, uh, and there's no moon. So those conditions exist over Europe. Uh, now, for American observers, uh, like I said, it's going to be peaking uh, in the evening. So we're going to have to wait till the morning of the 4th when the radiant rises into our northeastern sky. Now, the best way to, to find the radiant is it's basically off the handle of the, the Big Dipper. So if you kind of yeah, use the curve of the... If the constellation doesn't exist anymore my go-to telescope won't find it <laughs> <laughs> no no there's there's a big blank area there between between uh ursa major and draco and bootes where where the radiant lies so it's you know it's act it actually lies within the uh the constellation boundaries of bootes and uh, but there is no bright stars nearby. <laughs> so I, I would suggest using the handle of the Big Dipper as a guide, and it's just a little bit to the northeast of that. And uh, besides, you don't have to really know where the radiant is. You you will see these meteors shooting from it. So so uh, you know you you can trace these back to the general area. Now we can expect to see under these conditions. Probably about, I, I, I think I stated this before, a meteor every minute if you have a decent sky. Now, uh, 25 to 30 meteors is not too shabby compared to most showers. You know, it's not up to par with the Geminids or the Perseids, but it's, it's pretty, pretty darn good. And this has a reputation of producing fireballs, so you never know when you may see that negative 10 shoot overhead with a four-minute train. Uh, I, I saw one of those one time oh from, from, from the shower. So, 
uh, there's there's always hope for that. So dark side again. Get your lounge chair out. Look to the northern North, sky. North, northeast is 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 good. Okay, on the on the morning of uh, January fourth. Yeah, Friday the fourth. Now you need to remember that you can see these meteors in all parts of the sky, but it's it's you know they'll they'll they all lead back to uh to the area near the handle of big dipper so it's probably easiest to face in that direction so you kind of see them shoot outward from there but uh they will appear in all so if you have a big mountain in that direction or or a street light uh sure turn around and uh you, you can still see quadrantic meteors okay when we first started though you said the 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 period of this um, meteor shower is rather long, though. It's what over a week. Yeah, well, actually, that that's that's not that. Uh, you know, that's that that's actually short for a meteor shower. Oh, okay. We uh, the Perseids last almost two months. Uh, the Gemini's are a short one. They're they're about three weeks. But that's when we first enter uh, the the stream, and we start seeing one an hour, maybe even less than that. And then it gets gets more and more active as we approach the core of the stream, and then we hit that at the maximum, and then we pull away from the core, and the activity drops again. So you'll see nothing in the beginning, then it'll peak right at the core, which will be uh, January fourth, and then as we go back toward the tenth, you'll see very little. So, so that's that that's actually quite normal. Okay. All right. Now, what type of observations are you looking for people to submit to you? Well, we'd like for people to sit there and watch for an hour if possible. The reason we do that, if you go out and just stand there for 15 minutes, these are notoriously crazy meteors. They, they show up in bunches. They'll, they'll, you'll, see, you'll see five in one minute, and then for the next five minutes, you won't see a thing. So, so it's not going to be a nice random. You see a meteor every two minutes. That that never happens. They're always in bunches. So if you go out there for if for 15 minutes, you may not see anything. But then the next 15 minutes, it may be just crazily active. So, what we like to do is have people out there as long as possible, so you can see the peaks and valleys of activity. And this happens for all showers, no matter how strong. Okay, so when people go out, they record the number of meteors they see? Right, and it'd be good if you could try to uh, segment uh, the ones that are, are quadrants. And there's other minor showers and, and just random meteors, uh, meteors that uh, can't be traced back to any. any. So uh, you ought to see, like I said, 25 to 30 quadrants per hour and maybe up, up to 10 uh, random ones. So it, it's still a pretty good show. Okay, and you'd identify them if the radiant is coming from that area that shall not be right. named. Okay. Right, right. They'll all be parallel, and uh, and, uh, and basically of medium speed. Uh, you'll have other meteors that are really fast, and you'll have meteors that are really slow too. Those those belong to the random uh, random category. Well, that's great. I hope I hope we have yeah. clear and warmer weather. <laughs> Very true, well, very uh, true. Uh, in early January, that'll be great. And it's a Friday morning, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Now, now after this, we have nothing until the Lyrids, which occur on uh, April 22nd. And unfortunately, a full moon. Oh, so, no. <laughs> yep. So, so we probably won't have a podcast for that one then, huh? No, unfortunately not. All but right. then we have the eight Aquarius a couple weeks later. Okay. And that, that, that's a good one. So. Okay, so we'll be chatting again for that. 
we'll be chatting for that one. Now, how can everybody get a hold of you? Best way is to uh, my email address, L-U-N-R-O dot I-M-O dot U-S-A at Cox dot net. And there will be an article on the uh, Alpo website under under Meteors with a map of the radius. So that'll help you. And it'll have all the details. Uh, we're going to wait for the Ursid shower, which is mooned this, this coming weekend. But after that, I'll get that posted, and there'll be all in, all the information you need to uh, successfully watch his shower. Sound good? All right, that sounds good. And when you get that, I'll add it to the website and uh, onto the show notes below. It'll be shortly after Christmas. That sounds good. <laughs> all right. Bob. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast again. My pleasure, as always. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook podcast. Again, I want to thank our meteor expert, Bob Lansford, for coming on the podcast and talking about the upcoming meteor shower. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. Just go over there, put a little five-star review, and, and write down what you like about the podcast. You can now listen on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month where you will receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. With that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, for his continued generous support of the Observer's Notebook. Thank you very much, Steve. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is available in the show notes. You can contact me via via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, my hope is that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.